Welcome back, everyone. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. We're your hosts this week, Austin, Trevor, and Josh, and have an interesting topic this week talking, uh, I mean, I guess in regards to some recent events. Uh, we, we got my dad out on the range this past weekend for Father's Day. Um, kind of an eye-opening uh, experience, I would say, um, just with some of the things I think we take for granted in terms of our own personal performance and learning. Um, it's, it's somewhat surprising to have to go back retrospectively and see people that don't understand a draw stroke because they've never been taught one. They don't understand grip because they've never been taught it. Uh, things like that. So we're going to get into a whole bunch of that today. Uh, pretty applicable topic, especially as we see, you know, so many more people uh, jumping into the community, interested in buying their first firearms as we kind of continue to see the world devolve around us, um, especially some of these, uh, we'll say, like, left-wing cities or left-controlled cities like Detroit here, where we're at, or Chicago and things, um, you know, the the violent crime and gun crime rate goes through the ceiling, people start buying guns. Um, so we're going to get into all that. Uh, but before we do, this is, of course, this is a sponsored podcast, you guys, Prepared Mindset. We've been, uh, honestly, yeah, three years, you know, it's June, so three years since we started. Um, we're lucky enough to work with some really, really awesome, awesome companies. Um, and just need to say thank you to everyone who's supporting us. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, guys, we do have a Patreon. So if you like what we do here with the podcast, if you're looking to get more access to exclusive uh, pod episodes, exclusive pod series, videos, blogs. We have targets and dry fire drills and live fire stuff, all kinds of good things going on over there. You guys can head on over patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. We got a, a, three different tiers. You can support us and that goes, that doesn't go into our pockets. It goes straight back into supporting everything that we're, we're doing here uh, and trying to bring more information to you guys. Uh, had requests for more instructional content uh, more videos, things like that. Those are all accessible in long formats, stuff we can't really do on Instagram over on the Patreon. So sincerely, thank you to our patrons. Uh, if you guys aren't uh, a patron, head on over, check it out. We got a couple public things over there you can you can look at, sign up for a month, test it out, see if, uh, see if you get some value out of it and uh, help us achieve some of the goals that we're working on. Additionally, I need to say thank you to our friends over at Midwest Gunworks. Guys, if you're in the market for another firearm or your first firearm or maybe even just some parts, right? Like we were talking about 2020 came around, everybody freaked out and lost their minds. So you decided to go out and pick up a rifle. You decided to go out and pick up a handgun. You need to add some things, improve some things, upgrade some parts. MidwestGunWorks.com has you guys covered. You can use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET, save you 5% off your order, right? So if you're picking up a barrel to finish that build you've been working on for the past year, a bolt carrier group, a full upper, maybe it's just a change to your stock, your pistol grip, flashlights, lasers, they have all your accessories covered. They even carry Edgar Sherman design slings. Slings are important. You guys need all that stuff, and they have it in stock. Again, MidwestGunWorks.com. Dot com. They've been in business since 1997. They will take great care of you guys. If they say it's in stock, it's in stock. You'll have it in no time. Use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET for 5% off. Thank you also to 100 Concepts. Guys, these dudes, Garrett, Pierce, Jonah, over at 100, they are lighting the world on fire. These scope caps and light caps, everyone's rocking them. We, we have them on all of our rifles here. Love those. It's a super innovative design. Very, very easy to use. Great, great product. Their company motto is do good, 
be dangerous and live free. They recently got picked up by T-Rex Arms and Big Tech's Ordnance. Great, great company doing great things. Guys, their helmet scrim, their pack scrim, awesome products, easy to set up, super easy to set up, honestly, for a variety of helmets, a variety of backpacks, all kinds of options. Their hex caps just hit the market a couple weeks ago, and they're already working on more things for your, your RMRs, your Delta Point Pros, your T1s and T2s. Great, great options. You guys head on over to 100concepts.com and check out what they got going on for you. And last but certainly not least, a big, big thank you to LARP Labs. You guys, we personally actually just this weekend painted uh, several of our rifles. For a couple of us, it was our first time going through that experience. For me specifically, I opted against painting my optic and my magnifier. That's where LARP Labs comes in. You guys, some of these companies, they're not great on warranties. You spray paint your rail, you spray paint your optic, you spray paint your flashlight, it voids the warranty. LARP Labs offers computer cut vinyl graphics that are 3M. They're durable. These guys, these things are used on rock crawlers, guys. They're not going anywhere. They're rated for outdoor use. They're not going to peel. They're not going to get a bunch of sticky, goopy residue. Head on over to LARPLabs.com, look through the catalog, and you can use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save you 10% off when you pick up a wrap for your EOTech, your Aimpoint, your Holosun, your Vortex, SIG Optics, whatever you need. They got all different varieties, all different camo patterns for your weapon lights, handheld lights, optics, PVS-14, whatever you guys have, they have something to take care of you. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. So big, big thank you to all our supporters of those companies. Without their support, we would not be able to do all the things that we get to do here through the podcast. Now, getting into this week's subject, um, talking specifically right around new shooters, bringing them not only into, I mean, we've had the discussion before around bringing people into shooting, right? Bringing them to the gun range for the first time, introducing them to, I don't know, what, like 10, 20 rounds out of a handgun, right? Something like... Give or take, yeah. Yeah, like basic, you know, here. CPL qualification is 15, two 15-round mags, I think. Yeah, and it's, you know, you step into a stall, you put your rounds at five yards on a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper mm-hmm. it's not even like a um, well it's it's a first time experience for right. a lot of like people don't really understand what it is to handle a firearm or shoot a firearm until they actually do it right you know let alone something like what we did where we went outside there were a lot of there were a lot of firsts all well, around, I mean, and right? you can and you can certainly experience those things indoors or outdoors. I think to your point, right? For most people, it's an indoor range. You're in a stall mm-hmm. um, next to like ten other people, in shooting a variety of uh, you know handguns or rifles, whatever shotguns, and yeah, it's at what fifteen rounds, thirty rounds for your your CPL qualification or something like that. Um, and that's those are necessary steps, right? You need to get people involved. If you're going to own a firearm, if especially, right, if you're going to carry a fucking firearm, you need to be uh, competent. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. And we see so many people out there that aren't. Um, Guilty. You know, well, no, I mean, I, everyone makes mistakes, but, like, you haven't shot yourself or anyone else, so... No, although that did almost happen on Saturday, Josh. No. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Not well, because Josh was the one that almost shot himself, but he was the closest witness to the almost oopsie. Yeah. It's a learning experience, you know? I mean, everyone has that close call, at least. Josh, how did that make you feel? That was the, that was the closest call I've ever had, seeing somebody get shot on a range. Yeah. Um, yeah I, was it with 
the lighter trigger, I think, you handed him. And uh, I just remember that that ND happened, and immediately Josh is like, hey, let me uh, let me check your hand real quick. I just want to make sure that's not leaking it or was so cool. Yeah, he was shooting, and then as he was bringing the gun down away from his eyes, he still had his finger on the trigger, and then it was thankfully before he went to reholster, it was kind of down at his chest, and his hands had just separated, and he racked yeah. the round off. I was to his side. Um, it was like literally two inches away from taking a finger. So, an so. extremely close call. Yeah. Um, thankfully, nothing bad happened. But those are the kinds of things like I think we almost, and I, maybe you guys would agree with this. I think you would agree with this, right? Yeah. We almost start to take the safety stuff for granted because we are maybe a um, little bit. Yeah. We get we get used to we're it. Like almost. inundated with we're comfortable. It. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. We're not thinking about it anymore. It's just kind of always happening i don't think about let me straighten my finger out over the trigger guard every time i'm done shooting or yeah when i'm reholstering well, that, a, that kind of stuff muscle memory i mean you yeah. you're in the service you do a lot of shooting so it's something that you're you're a bit more you don't you don't have to think about it because at this point it's just second nature for you right. whereas obviously someone who's a little bit newer like not great at manipulating the safety on their ar not great at trigger discipline with a handgun well yeah i mean there's a lot of administrative things like mm-hmm. i'll just use the term administrative loosely like the finger on the trigger when you're done uh the the muzzle discipline right um <laughs> you know that's just it's all i mean you just you don't over it, under how many times did we get flagged on saturday let's I mean, set the let's set them par at 20 no and, i don't think it was that bad i mean you're exaggerating quite a bit there i, I would 10. say maybe like i would say four or five you know um, i know i got flagged at least a good three or four times well and all so, inadvertent yeah, it's, it's. I just started to move out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he came up behind me, and then that was when I first noticed. Like, okay, we need to back it up a little bit and start to go over stuff that I've haven't taught in a while. Like, hey, let's. Well, and that's the thing. Even just showing someone how to walk. Yeah. With a with a weapon. Yeah. Like, hey, you have this rifle. How do you use it? Right. Yeah. How do you carry it? How do you move with it? Whether when the muzzle's down, just administratively walking from one end of the range to the midpoint of the range yeah. to yeah. sit at the table, picking <clears throat> table, whatever, and start zeroing your dot. Yeah, like well, that. And there's was things a, that need to be considered that you don't always you don't that you don't think about. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. There's a, a book. Uh, Dustin Solomon wrote a book called Building Shooters, and he spends probably half the book talking about that. Mm. You know how everyone talks about fundamentals, shooting fundamentals, training fundamentals, whatever have you, and those administrative skills like how to load a magazine. Yeah. How to load a firearm and how to unload a firearm yep. because not every yes. weapon is in what is it condition 0 where it's just out of ammo completely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're going to drop that magazine and you're going to top off your mag whatever drill you're going to work on like classes and things like that. Yep. You know, uh it's not always just going to be conveniently empty with bolt lock or yep. side lock. So, how do we unload the weapon? Yep. You know, how do we travel from the loading table or whatever to the firing line. Those are all things that you don't think about specifically. And in this instance, like we all, we all saw that, like mm-hmm. we were, we, we passed all of those things and immediately assumed that there was that like existing knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd never met your dad before that. So I didn't know exactly what yeah level we were starting out as being the one to bring you guys into the range. And mm-hmm. I was kind of just going to be the spectator. I ended up teaching a lot more than I thought I was going to, but I actually appreciated that. I haven't, we appreciate I haven't taught, you. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't taught the the bare bones like basics in a long time, so it was kind of nice for me as a coach, I guess, to to go back to square one and yeah. teach the literal basics of everything. Yeah, I mean, we got into all sorts of stuff with him. I mean, this so this was the first time he had ever shot outdoors. Okay, this was the second time he shot his AR. 
He yeah. just when was the how long since the first time? Oh, uh, a year, two, at least, at least a year, probably okay. closer to two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it might, might have been pre-COVID. maybe the first time since he had an optic on it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the first time, time since it was had, just irons. Yeah. So it was, I mean, the zeroing process, he, he actually did fine with that. He did really good. His yeah. groups were, I mean, yeah. I knew he wasn't going to go down in the prone. So for sitting at bench and everything, like, <laughs> yeah. he, those were good groups at 50. I was, it was easy for me to see the adjustments that need to be made, which is huge. Because if your grouping is terrible, I can't diagnose what your actual zero is. But if mm-hmm. they're all, you know, three out of the five are nice and close together, I can see this is his true zero. Adjust off of that. And we didn't over adjuster at all we yeah. brought it right in and he was yeah good. and once we got that done he was i mean he was ringing steel at 50 yards yep. pretty much without without too much issue um once you kind of explained here's the dot you know how to line it up with a lower one-third co-witness because mm-hmm. that's the thing like and and he was even experiencing issues with that halfway through the zeroing process was thinking that that dot should be imposed over the exact like was, tip was, of the yeah, front sight post not realizing through his sight irons mm-hmm. expecting to match the dot with the irons and I had to explain like no just look at the dot that's the beauty of it yeah the irons are there if, if your dot breaks or turns off so um, yeah and that's that's fundamental stuff again we take most of that for for granted and as soon as but but that's the thing like as soon as that was explained not a problem yep no, it was still from what 100 yards out yeah i mean it's it, it was you again that was his first time really um short of just trying to shoot a bullseye target at an indoor range you know we did like a failure drill um and things like that with him nothing we we really weren't able to push those limits because for him just performing those fundamental those fundamental tasks Mm -hmm. uh those you know the administrative component and just basic shooting um basic rules of a drill and stuff were were enough i think we did one transition drill Mm -hmm. right here empty the mag and then go to your your uh, your handgun, mm-hmm. which I remember specifically because we all had like five rounds left in our rifles, and he had like sixteen. <laughs> so yeah, he it just was, dumped it was a lot. Yeah, he dumped a lot. He of just, he just kept banging away, and I'm like, wow, there was there was a lot left in there. Yeah, I was like, somebody top him off. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. Uh, but you know, and then even then, so he, that was his first time uh, running a battle belt. He had never yeah. run an outside the waistband holster. Never used a safari land to that point. And I'm putting both of you on notice right now. A all of us need to lose like ten pounds, if not more. Uh, B, definitely more for me. Might need to fit my my battle belt a little bit tighter because I was definitely no- noticing some pants saggage uh, on my end. On and, it was uh, a pretty hot day too. I mean, like we oh the ball sweat was real. Well, and we you know I didn't think any of us really intended to start doing the shooting and moving bit. Oh, so that was you the know, best part until though. Dad kind of you know he uh he bowed out respectfully and was like, I'm just, I mean, I think the sun was getting to him. The heat was getting a little, a little bit. bit. It was he didn't warm. wear a hat until the very end. Yeah. I think once he, he went and sat down, so we were like, well, let's just run, you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't even know what you would call it like a scrambler drill or whatever. We were kind of just running all over the place. And uh, yeah, so there were some issues. At least I know I had an issue. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Amy's attacker drill, I think is what she calls it. Is it? Okay. She just like starts at 50, run up and. Yeah, it was like between. 50, 25, and 10. Something like that. Something yeah. like that, 2, 2, and 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, which was awesome. And it's a really, I like that drill. Uh, I know we kind of seemingly just like threw it together, mm-hmm. you know, um, but um, worked on a lot of things uh, for us. But again, for, for my dad, you know, that was his first time with a belt. He never had to draw while defeating uh, the lever for the Safari Land. Even, I think the hardest part for him, honestly, we are we spent a lot of time trying to work on diagnosing his handgun shooting, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. 
um, he was all over the joint when we started. His he picked up the the handgun. First thing he did was go ahead and form a revolver grip, and I had to run over there and freak out and uh, stop him because if you Just guys know behind what, the slide, yeah, if you guys know what a revolver grip is, you you cross your support hand thumb behind the firearm itself. Uh, so with a reciprocating slide like an M and P, like a Glock, like a 1911, basically anything that isn't a revolver, pretty much. Um, that slide's going to reciprocate back and it's going to punch Ouch. your hand and cut you or, you know, hurt you, whatever it's, or, or, or at the very least probably, uh, create a malfunction, mm-hmm. <clears throat> failure to feed or failure to extract all those things. Um, and then it went straight, straight from there, straight to teacupping. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say that was his, his next go-to was, yeah. was the teacup. Yeah. yeah. Which um, wasn't wrong in the eighties. Yeah, that's, I mean, technically, yeah. It's probably the was, last time he went to the gun range. <laughs> yeah, when he, yeah, the last time he, like, actively visited the gun range. Yeah, you're playing footsie um, with me. You know, yeah, probably the 80s. That's adorable, be- guys. Before we were born. Yeah, it's nice. So, um, yeah, it, it was, and I think that's something, you know, the more you start to introduce, um, especially in terms of, like, gear, you know, kit, things like that, it starts to, we don't, I don't think as people who have been involved with this at various levels for more and more time and whatnot, you kind of start to forget the -hmm. learning curve that goes with that. Like if we were to say, Hey, reload from your placard, you know, run this AR drill and somebody's never worn a placard before it's going to take them. uh, Which one of these is the placard or done reloads. Yeah, or yeah. which without using the charging handle, or you know, that's the, yeah. the go-to. I see a lot. Or of doing reloads with charging. a charging handle. Yeah, that's what I mean. You like know, when it, the bolts lock to the rear, and you grab the charging. Clearing handle. a malfunction, or even just having a Well, I guess it's a malfunction, but like, hey, um, that still trips me <clears> out. The time Josh is running the timer, and I have mm-hmm. like a failure to feed. Tap rack bang, tap rack bang. <laughs> freak out and have no <laughs> idea what's going on. <laughs> freak out. I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Uh, and it couldn't even. It, it might even be like an actual malfunction, right? It could just be that your magazine's dirty or something, and the slide just didn't lock back or on maybe your last round. Like manning up and gripping your pistol correctly, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it might be a technique issue. issue was. Yeah, it could be a technique issue. It could be an ammo problem. It could yeah. be a magazine problem. There's a there's several things that it could be. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a rifle, right? It could be a bad mag with a bad follower, so it didn't yeah. bolt, didn't lock to rear. Um, it could be some weak ass ammo that just didn't, you know, uh, cycle correctly. Lots of things, but those are again, those are skills that like often don't get addressed. And even in certain classes, like to me, uh, working through those kinds of like malfunction clearances at least the basic ones, like maybe like with an AR, maybe not like a, a brass over bolt. Maybe that one's like the next level class up, but tap rack bang is a pretty fundamentally taught procedure, mm-hmm. uh, almost to a fault. Yep, I would say that's what they call the immediate action. So it, it'll almost fix the majority of your basic malfunctions. Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't work after a couple of tries, then you go into the remedial, which is the more in depth double feed, lock in your bolt, drop your mag, all that. Um, it's the base thing you you're supposed to do without even really thinking about it just yeah tap rack bang that's why i yell it so much. well yeah and like <laughs> or yeah. some instructors actually okay oh and we take that for whatever it's worth on the internet right because some guys think that teaching tap rack bang is a mistake because in like eight percent of instances or something stupid it can actually make the issue worse 
and, oh, you need to examine the gun before you do anything. And it's like, well, okay, so if here's bullets the are flying at you. I would rather take my chances with a ninety-two percent success rate, yeah. and just go with the tap well, rack bang, and, and then see if I can get back on the gun. Yeah, and then if that doesn't work, exactly. I'm gonna re-examine. And and that's the thing. Like if you do that, like you just said, I'm gonna do that right away. And if it still doesn't run, you have a handgun. That's what it's there for, mm-hmm. right? I mean, maybe you don't, and then we're having a little bit different discussion. But like, how many people do we see that are running just a rifle? Usually, if you have a rifle, online or I mean, in general, um, I mean, practically in the military, almost nobody has pistols. But we look at cops and yeah, but in the military, civilians. you got you got shooting buddies, so you don't need right. To, you're in you got support elements, and you're you're not alone. Yeah, you so, can like that's why I think it's different and, to separate. Law enforcement when you're one or two patrol officers, civilians when it's just you or your small group. Um, well, and that's it's you know, and that's one of those things too. Like that's why I get kind of twisted up about some of this stuff. There's a post today by somebody online, like, oh yeah, context is just uh, it's a way, it's a shitty way of you justifying your incorrect argument. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, in some instances I get that, but in other instances, like what you just said. It absolutely matters if you're Ellie, if you're Mill, if you're solo, if you're in a group, you know, if you have a handgun, if you don't. Um, and maybe context is even not the right word. Um, but you can't, you have to be, when we're dealing in the scope of like beginner shooters like this, you have to be careful how much context you throw at people, too. Yeah. You want to try and like narrow it down high percentage, right? So, like, sure. like, yeah. like Trevor was just saying. 90, 92% of the time, totally made up number. It could be fucking anything, right? Yeah. But if this is going to work 92% of the time, that's what I'm teaching the beginner shooter. Right. Yep. Foundationally speaking, I that's the skill you're I backed off a little bit how much I was throwing at your dad because I realized I'm throwing too much at him right now. Like, mm-hmm. back it up. Yes. Well, that's part of the learning process, too. You got to, like, you get feedback as well as they're getting feedback, yeah. right? Like, you're telling them information, but they're giving you information with their body language yeah. or maybe they'll just say, hey, slow down. I can't follow you. And then you're like, okay. I'll, I'll I think it was very obvious that the majority of his weapon knowledge was derived exclusively from Steven Seagal movies and the Lethal Weapon trilogy. <laughs> yeah. was, that actually I leads mean, perfectly into what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the topic of handguns, I love introducing newer shooters to how fucking hard it is to shoot a pistol compared to any other rifle or shotgun. Because Hollywood and video games, just media... You, you, most people don't know how hard it is to shoot a pistol. That's why you see these arguments where people in a police shooting, like, why didn't he just shoot him in the leg? Yeah. And then when you see, like, the prime example of your dad over the weekend, like, I had we had to really drill in to finally get him to hit the A-zone or the piece of paper that we had up. Um, and it took literally breaking down every single thing and, like, trigger control and all the stuff that we know goes mm-hmm. into it. Um well, Every time I've taught a new shooter, they're like, oh, my God, this is a pistol is well, so you hard. I, yeah, Most you people don't even like shooting pistols because of how we uncomfortable they are. After the range day, and there was yeah. actually, I think, over the weekend or around the weekend, there was a post that, like, Lucas made mm. uh, when someone had asked him either in a live or in one of his, like, story polls on in Instagram or something, should I work on rifle first? Or, or, sorry, what should I work on more, rifle or handgun, mm-hmm. right? And I think right, his, his response was, like, a, a two-third to one-third ratio. Yep handgun two-thirds yep because those skills right will those skills will translate over to a rifle mm-hmm. rifle does not necessarily translate over to a handgun right and there's reasons for that right it's just it's it's a smaller platform regardless of caliber right it is smaller therefore it is more difficult to control 
right? Yep. So then harder to be accurate. Uh, it, they inherently, unless you're running the uh, Stendo and the Blicky, right? <laughs> I think is the are those uh, clinical terms? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unless you're running uh, like a Josh, can you use it in a sentence? I keep that blicky tucked, boy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Off uh, of Urban Dictionary. Yeah, that we yes, found out. Urban over the, Dictionary. Over the yeah, no idea what a blicky was up until Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep a beam on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unless seriously though, unless like you're running an extended magazine in your Glock, it's the only thing I could think of, right? A thirty rounder or something. Yeah. You will always have more rounds in the rifle. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's all the same reasons why we say, or or people we have those friends right that are like, oh yeah, I I don't need to train with my handgun. I only use my handgun to fight to my rifle, and it's like yes, but that doesn't change the scope of accountability. And I don't, uh, I personally don't appendix carry my AR every single day. No, I do. You do? That's how I get the ladies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They can't tell if it's a rifle or a bulge. Yeah. Like, for the military, it would make sense to, you know, train with the primary well, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, if yeah. you're in the military. I, I, did, I touched a pistol. I live-fired a pistol once in, in the Army. Bretta? No, it was actually the M17. Oh, it was the new one? Yeah, it was the, I did the qual for that one time. Um, but unless you were a, a lieutenant, I mean, the squad leaders would sometimes get them. But, like, it was only the leadership positions would, would have them. Is that just, like, a big Army, like, a traditional thing? Yeah. it's. I'm sure it's different. It's so common, all that. It's, well, yeah, I mean, you get you get all the toys yeah. when you get into special operations. Yeah, sure. So, like, even well, in the like vehicle the crews, we didn't we didn't have pistols in the vehicle crews. I wish I would have had one inside the striker because it would have been a lot more wieldy and easier to do my yeah my serial number checks. Just being like, I got my pistol on my hip instead of pulling my M4 over and reading the ACOG and reading the laser and reading the yeah the lower. Well, because that's the you know talking to Randy, he's he was in the Marine Corps. They were all issued sidearms. Yeah. He, from what I've heard, he was in a more high-speed recon unit, so they actually had like bump helmets and stuff. Too. Well, not bumps, like high-cut ballistic helmets and okay. PVS thirty ones. That's I, yeah. He was telling us he was yeah. running, he ran thirty ones, and that's why he doesn't want to buy a fourteen. And we're like, uh, cool man. Yeah, like, me yeah, either, man. I'm balls deep in the idea of dropping fifteen Gs on fucking PVSs and stuff. No, bro, they're going to be but, on sale soon. You can get them for every bit of twelve and a half. Oh, oh, good. So near pennies to a millionaire. Yeah, Loki, so shout out to Steel Industries. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Steel Industries, Nocturnality, who's actually working with with T Rex now. We uh, we had Scott on a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, great dude. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even that, like people, it, you couldn't even just drop the, those those like those pairs of sentences at people. Who, they would have no idea you're talking about. What's a thirty one? Yeah, Is that a caliber? Speaking a different language. Yeah. Like, I think I think my grandpa had one of those. Yeah, it was a little Saturday Night Special. He, he blew up in extra. your hand. Yeah. yeah. It was good yeah. for one shot. Well, sometimes it's all you need, right? But not gonna touch but those that. Are the, those are the same kind of those are the same kind of people though that don't have this foundational knowledge we're talking about, and and this is one of the things that sucks is that like I think when people get brought into these kinds of situations with people like us, right? Like here, we're going to teach you the right way to do this. You know, we're not going to either we're going to teach you a little bit and do it all really well, or we're going to teach you a lot if you can digest it and do it well, but we're going to do it the right way, regardless of how much we get into regardless of, t- of what, you know, we're talking handgun, we're talking rifle. We're not going to cut corners. We're not going to make this. We're actually going to like, uh, you know, ammo dump into a pile of trash. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think, although that is fun, I've never done it. So I, I couldn't even, I don't even have an opinion on it. Josh, you look like you've probably done it before. Not, not into trash. I was just shaking my head. Like it's not that fun. <laughs> no, not into trash. <laughs> yeah, no, ammo dumping is before I knew. 
Well, a lot of white fruit. Yeah, like watermelons and cantaloupe. Well, yeah, but now as an adult, as somebody who pays for all your own ammo, I just see dollar signs when people do stupid That's, stuff like well, that, that. See, that was back yeah. in 2017. So Yeah, when ammo prices were yeah. much better. It's the so golden when Walmart times. would still sell ammo to me. Yeah. And then they stopped selling ammo to me before, <laughs> until I turned 21. <laughs> The, now Walmart doesn't even have five five six. No, so. Walmart, uh, Meyer, none of, none of the, the the large box stores. Uh, yeah. You know, Dick's Sporting Goods stopped. Dick's selling. doesn't even have guns anymore. Yeah, I they got think. rid of their whole hunting. Completely, uh, they do archery. That's as much as they do. So stupid. Well, that's stupid. Their field and stream. They just lost um, all my business to uh, a sportsman's warehouse. Yeah, I think the yeah. field and stream. Yeah, Cabela's. Well, and that's so, and that's something else too. Is that like when you start having these conversations with folks, right? And they want to, they have a good time at the range with you, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. hey, I want to get an AR, or I want to get a better AR, or I want to get a different handgun, right? Because mm-hmm. our dad was talking about wanting to get into a Sig P320, yep, solely based off of grip. Which I mean, okay, fine. You're looking at but me that's right because, now, and you, I need you to read my mind what what I'm thinking. Well. Keep in mind, also, he he only had handled our Glock 19s and literally thought that was the only size that Glocks came in until he held uh, Josh's 45 and realized that, yep, there's a full-length grip module for Glocks, too. And now, all of a sudden, like, hey, game on. Conversation's all, like... Yeah. If you're a new shooter looking to get into a handgun, the answer is Glock. When my life is on the line, I accept no substitutes. I pack a Glock. Well, it, I, I think it's reliable. Now, yes. as we saw... Some people need that exterior external safety. Yeah. They need to have that yep. safety lever. Yep. Um, that might have, yeah. You know, I mean, and so, like, our dad runs a Gen 1 M&P with a thumb safety. Personally, I fucking hate thumb safeties. I also yes. dry practice a shitload. And not to underplay the, the significance and importance of safety, right? But I don't want a thumb safety. I fucking hate it. Nope. To me, it's one more thing you have to defeat to be able to start putting rounds on target. Well, did he learn how to shoot on a 1911, like an old school 1911 with a thumb safety? Maybe that's why he's comfortable. Yeah, I mean, maybe. You know, and for some people, if that's if that's truly it, if you grew up carrying a 1911, we have friends that did that, right? Yeah. Uh, Hey, man, if you want to carry a boat anchor around tucked in your jeans, (laughs) like more power to you. But that's not. I'm not that high speed. You know, I carry a nine mil, not a 45. So obviously, you're not concerned with. Killing souls. Yeah, I'm not going to make Yeah, 45 joke. kills your soul, 9mm. And here in about the next two years, we'll have a mag band before we know it. We're all, we'll all be carrying 1911s, probably. <sighs> God, oh, that'd be unfortunate. That. <laughs> that'd be the only thing that would push me up to a higher... Well, and that's something else, too. People all think that they'll... I, I have a buddy who carried all through college, because he went to yep. school in Flint. Yep. So, rough area. Went to the gun store. Hey, I want to buy a gun, because I want to carry on... You know, I, I he probably wasn't supposed to carry on campus, but he did. Anyways, bought a 45, because the assumption was, like... Mo better. Yeah, larger caliber, it must be better. And on a big gun that holds a lot of big bullets. God bless you, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and and the and that makes sense, right? You would think like, well, yeah, I want a larger caliber; it does more damage. Uh, yeah, sure. of course, I want a forty-five. Bigger bullets going to harvest more meat, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, but today's modern ballistics and the way the the modern like Hornady critical duty or Hornady critical defense or spear, you know, like the gold dots and everything, those are going to Obviously, it's not going to be as good as a forty-five, but it's going to be so comparable. To me, I would rather put four rounds of nine mil on somebody than one round or two rounds of forty-five. Yeah, in some aspects, it's better. I mean, just physics and blatant. When you fact, start stacking wound I mean, channels, you have a yeah. flatter trajectory out to hundred yards. I mean, just think about it. I think Josh is probably the best shot at this at this table right now. And I mean, how many rounds can, of nine mil can you crack off out of your Glock 
in the same amount of time, how many can you get out on a 45? Accurately, yeah. Accurately, well, I mean, it depends yeah. on the gun. I mean, 1911s actually shoot pretty flat. You know, that one, the, the one sitting on the table right now. It's the 40. That's what I'm saying. It's the 45 that, actually. I feel like that's really dependent sure. on the shooter. Yeah, the 45 is a flat shooting round. I think a, a less trained person would definitely shoot a nine mil, obviously better, and you have more mm-hmm. rounds. That's the thing for me. More rounds. Yeah. You know, well, we, it's just cheaper. I, I well, it's can't cheaper be buying and all these. Yes, we preach accountability, but yeah. especially if you're not somebody who gets to practice all the time, like when it yeah. comes down to it, I would rather have more more opportunities to hit the target. That's yeah. why I have a 31 round magazine. I love that all of us have Glock 17 magazine ability yeah. in our yes. group. Well, and that's the beauty so nice. more of those. to the Glock platform, right? And that's why Michigan yeah. State Troopers here switched to it. Uh, because the Glock is the Honda Civic of handguns. Well, yeah, I mean, from an armor standpoint, it is cheaper to maintain them. Yes. Um, but, yeah, like, so look at, you can carry from a, a, an LE perspective, right? You can carry a 17, and your backup gun can be a 16. The 16 can 26. run, you know, sorry, not the 16, the 26 can run the 17-round magazines from the Glock 17 or Glock 19, whatever. Mm-hmm. It can run those magazines, and you're not, you know, versus like, hey, we're going to carry 40 cal SIGs, and your backup gun is a 357 five-shot revolver. <laughs> so stupid. You know, in addition to being horrendous that stupid. That's how I got a 357 five-shot revolver. Yeah, and do you love shooting it? No. I'm, yeah. The ammo's expensive as shit. It hurts your hands. No one likes shooting no, that thing. I, I mean, I like shooting it up until and including like five rounds. Yeah, And then exactly. I'm like, you know what? That's enough of this. For you want to shoot as many as the, the qualification required and literally no more. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're horrendous to shoot in a, the age of modern firearms. I mean, it just... Why do you think people... I mean, yes, people carry revolvers, but let me ask you guys, how many people do you know that are actively involved in concealed carrying and training and tactics and things like that that opt for a revolver over something else. Because I don't know. Randy? No, I mean, no. Everybody we know carries a Glock. Yeah, well, Steve true. carries a... I think Steve carries a SIG, but... Yeah. I do. I have a family member that carries a $200 knockoff J-frame, like, short-barreled revolver. Like a Taurus? I, it might, I don't know the brand. It's yeah, one of those. It's probably, a, it's probably a Taurus. I, and they, I have a customer that carries a The reasoning Smith being, but. like, great shot with a semi-auto pistol. The reasoning being he wants something small and concealable, but he knows it's going to get taken away if anything, if it ever gets used. So he doesn't want his nice, expensive, decked-out 320 with a Delta well, Point Pro. But here's the thing. To get taken you away. know, if you pay for concealed carry insurance, they will actually cover your firearm. So when the police take it, they'll just buy you a new one. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, he's yeah. in Washington, so concealed carry insurance not allowed there. Wait, I'm really? Yep, that's the thing. You can't get concealed Multiple carry states. insurance? Yes. I had my USCCA membership, I had to register in Michigan, and then they would possibly cover me while I was over in Washington Station there. But wow. I couldn't, you, they legally, it's not allowed Damn. in certain states like California, Washington. So that's just, that just goes to highlight, you they know. They just don't cold like you. <laughs> yeah, well, it just goes to show you how... Uh, politicians, specifically in liberal, in blue states, liberal states, yeah. whatever, right? How, they want to make it harder for you to be responsibly armed as a citizen. They yeah. want to make it harder to get guns. They want to reduce magazine capacities. They got those stupid um, adjustable features rules, like in California. Yeah, the pistol, you know, the, like the barrel shroud, which they probably couldn't even tell you what a barrel shroud is. Yep, and then they won't, and then they won't even allow you to carry the insurance. So basically, your only feasible option at, at a certain point becomes be a victim. Or move out of state. Yeah, I mean, move to a red state. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's, you know, and for anybody who's like or new to shooting blue state. and they look into these things, right? Like, what are they going to do? They're going to hear all these things and go, 
well, you know, maybe they get bits and pieces and they go, I heard you can't get concealed carry insurance. And they don't know which states. They never look into it. They never get a firearm. Like, it can be an awful lot, you know. Yep. And in terms of introducing people to the conversation, like, yeah, you should carry a gun with you every day. You should have a good a good holster for it. You should look into getting an optic. You should look into getting adequate training, being effective with the platform, doing the things that are going to make you capable yep. and competent. Um, I wouldn't switch my carry gun for a cheap revolver just because of it getting taken away. I'd rather have the Glock that I train with every single weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Be the one that I'm going to take a 40 yard shot with across. I mean, yeah, um, because you know, accountability, accountability yeah. is it's huge. You know, it's, especially as a civilian where the impacts of that trigger pull, I mean, no, no pun intended, but like that's life or death, yep. both yours and your targets. Because if you, if you shoot at somebody and you miss and you put down a seven year old kid, because you were trying to stop, I don't, I don't know, whatever. You're responsible for that, you know. And yep. law enforcement, yes, they have. Um, I forget the legal term for it, uh, but you know, they're they're protected as law enforcement, mm. right? Qualified immunity, that's what it is. Um, they have that as a barrier between them and criminal charges. And then if the shooting is ruled. Uh, you know, to be a good shooter, a clean shooter, whatever fucking term and vernacular you want to use, right? Uh, that they're protected that way before or they have that layer of protection, you know, before it gets to criminal charges. For us as civilians, we are almost going to be immediately charged. And then even though we live in a society of innocent until proven guilty, as a gun owner in today's day and age, it's almost the reverse. Yeah. You know, Every, almost everything is against you. Yeah. Get effed yeah. by the long dick of the social justice warriors. Yeah, I mean, well, they want to. They, I mean, and you see it, right? And that's, I, and I, I do. I think that that image and that perception is why so many people are so hesitant to take gun ownership past the point of a gun they keep on their nightstand, a yep. gun that they leave the house with. The like closet. they, they, they won't leave the house. It's just going to stay there. I don't want to shoot. Keep it. an unloaded shotgun next to their bed, and they hope the sound of racking uh, it is going to. That's so popular, it scares me. It, it really is, and the, the number of yeah, the number of people that believe that, uh, or a lever action hunting rifle, just the cocking sound alone, or a Glock just racking the slide, if you're even strong enough in some instances, right to rack a slide, they think that that's going to be enough to deter an invader. Somebody who's already dumb enough or jacked up enough on PCP to go break into your house is gonna. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing that gambling drug. game. I'm not gonna roll those dice. Like, no. oh, I hope this will scare him. Yeah, and then absolutely. it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I you know, you know what scares stick. somebody a lot more than the sound of a racked shotgun? Like a dozen little pellets flying at them at an incredibly high velocity. Buckshot, yeah. 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 Here's two nine, rounds nine, of buckshot to make you reconsider. Fist size area. Mm-hmm. Well, do we? I mean, and well, and that's that in itself. I think is a huge myth that people need to get like adjusted. Like carrying having a shotgun as the home defense weapon. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's devastating. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not what I would ever recommend to anybody for a home defense weapon unless it's all they had. Yeah. It's can't it's not as convenient to get through doorways. We already talked about ammo capacity. If all you're running is slugs through your gun cuz whatever. Dude, yeah, fuck you, fuck your fridge, fuck that guy <laughs> and then like the drywall in and around your kitchen or home. Well, I mean it could so we have areas around here where it's lower income and the whole house is siding, right? Oh yeah. 
And these houses were also built what, in the 40s, right? 50s. 50s, like 50s right after yeah. World War II. Yeah. So your materials are already old. Yeah. And a slug is definitely a punch through siding. Oh, it's yeah. going to punch through insulation. It's going to punch through sheetrock. You know, you need to. And, and I've had people tell me, you don't need to worry about that. And I go, I the beg fuck to differ. I don't. You know, because if I'm four feet away and I shoot somebody with a slug, there's a pretty good shot, or a pretty good chance, I should say, that that goes through that person. And then it keeps on going, yeah. which yeah. is why I don't I don't advocate for like some of these Gucci calibers. Guys like, oh, I need to carry a Desert Eagle 50 AE. I need to carry a 10 millimeter. I'm like, why do you need a fucking 10 millimeter? Oh, for penetration, dude. What are you hunting? A bear? Like, not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, come on, really? Like, no, I I get it. I mean, why? Like, do you think every homeowner or home, uh, sorry, home invader is just going to come in? They're wearing fucking a flak jacket or chest armor or a plate carrier. Like, are they got phone books taped to their chest? And you need maximum penetration. I mean, I, I, mean, I would assume not. If if you if somebody breaks into their into your house, okay, in the middle of the night, and you grab a 22 caliber handgun and you pump two rounds into them if they don't go down they are going to severely reconsider what they're doing is it optimal i'm not i'm not saying it's optimal or ideal i'm just saying better than an unloaded shotgun that you read yes yeah but you don't need something that's going to punch through oh yeah this will punch through four phone books and three rows of sheetrock and a and a jello mold before it slows down and loses velocity there, there are people that conceal carry 22s yeah. If you're a smaller framed woman, or even a, an older gentleman, right? Mini mags, just something hot that's going to hopefully cycle it a little more reliably than... Yeah. 22 Magnum is a thing. Yeah, no, I know. There's people that, that online... I mean, 22 pistols are loud, too. Well, there's guys online say they've taken down deer with 17 Hornet, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, I mean, if you're a... It's possible, but why? Yeah, I mean, let's just look at the likelihood and, and what you should and shouldn't do, but... Yeah, and what's ethical. I, I think that, you know... I, when we talk about the people that are new in general, I mean, how many times have you guys had these, these some of these issues we just brought up here? How many times have you, have you had these conversations with people? Because it's a pretty widely accepted, uh, doc, I don't even say doctrine, but it's almost like instilled in communities that well, like, the, like the empty shotgun thing. <clears throat> Everybody thinks that that's like a, a recommended, and, and there are people out there who are accredited instructors through groups like the NRA. Mm-hmm unfortunately probably like you, you through some of uscca and things yeah I, in my cpl class two years ago yeah they're going through all the types of weapon systems shotgun that'll that sound will, you know you hear it all the time yeah and it's because well here's the thing people leverage those accredit accredit accreditation accreditation accreditations yeah they leverage those uh on their quote resume yeah. to attract students but the nra isn't coming in and auditing your curriculum neither is uscca they're just the body of work or they might provide some media or whatnot that yeah. you're showing in the slideshow. They're just who you got your 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 credentials from. Yeah. Oh, you passed what we deem to be the correct curriculum to be an instructor to get a CPL course. And it covered enough per the state of Michigan or Ohio or whatever whatever, you know, uh, for you to give a CPL course. But they don't come back and audit that curriculum short of, you know, hey, you need to be teach what is legally required you know mm-hmm. so things like oh yeah you don't need an ar for home defense you don't need a handgun you know a shotgun will work or uh nine millimeter is not enough you need to have a 38 or a 357 or a 44 and it's like dude absolutely not 
There's no reason for that. How many people do you know where it's like they've they've shot a gun once before and they'll never do it again because whoever took them to the range thought it would be hilarious to throw a three fifty seven in their hands? Like, oh, yeah, it only kicks a little bit. Yeah, no, that's – I have a buddy that actually watched a friend who had never shot a bolt gun before, never shot a scoped weapon before. He scoped himself, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. get, like, right up on the scope, and he just sat there, and he he tells the story, and he's laughing while he's telling the story. And the guy knocked himself out shooting a three oh eight with his eye pressed almost up up to the scope. And the thing hit him in the face and, like, knocked him out. That could be a serious injury. Yeah, Yeah, you can crack your orbital bone. Yeah, you can you can really fuck somebody up letting them well, do that. You know, to what we're talking about, like it's introducing people to not necessarily even just tactics, but firearms in general, but doing it in an appropriate and responsible manner. Yeah. Don't take somebody who's five foot nothing or five yeah. foot two and throw a two inch revolver that shoots three fifty seven in their hands and be like, yeah, there you go. Why don't you go crack off a few rounds of that? See if you like, because like, it's going to scare people away from them. Yeah. yeah, you have a bad, you have a, that bad first experience. It is enough to put you off of it for, in some instances, like rest of And if life. you didn't grow up around guns, you've already had this uncertainty. Like yep. you don't, you're not necessarily afraid of the gun, but you're, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And giving somebody that initial reaction, yeah. Um, I think we in the biz refer to those people as, as dicks. Assholes. <laughs> dicks and assholes. Like I, I have a video of my, my brother and I shooting beside each other and my brass, my hot brass is hitting them in the in the side and you know like it burns him it's kind of funny it's a funny video but i wasn't intentionally like let me put this brass like well that's that's just that's not you being a dick that's that's being on a range that's shooting next to somebody yeah, that's just a yeah. realistic thing that happens yeah. i mean sadly, I, mean, I have a burn i have a scar on the back of my neck i don't know if i ever showed you guys but hot piece, brass yeah a piece of five five six brass from take a scar on my shirt into my body armor and literally like skin peeling away burn mm. me yeah, it's. Like, it, I probably got hit a couple dozen times while I was videoing you guys on Saturday. Yeah, I noticed some of the videos like, you were like backing up really quick. <laughs> well, yeah, I kept getting hot brass ejected like right at me. But yeah, when you're deliberately putting that gun in someone's hand or seeing <laughs> yeah. them put their eye up against the scope and then smiling behind your camera while you continue to film, yeah, fuck right, you, dude. Dick move. Well, and so and and that's the an issue too because we we talk so much about trying to grow this community, trying to get further support for the Second Amendment. Those are trickle down. Those are incidents with trickle down impacts. You know, so those people are going to say, "Well, I didn't per- personally have a good experience. I personally don't hold the value of firearms ownership, so I'm not concerned with it when I go to the polling station, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to vote for whatever candidate on whatever issues and firearms rights. You know, gun control is not something I'm overly concerned with. So, you know, whether they hate guns or not they're not fighting for those gun rights because they had a bad experience you know or hey you take them out and maybe you drop them in a situation hey everybody here's got full kit everybody's got night vision and here you're just going to bring your rifle and that's it and it's like cool now they just feel like a poor who can't participate in half of what you're doing and you did it because you wanted to look good or look cool or whatever yeah it's kind of how i feel every time you guys talk about using your nuts on the poor that can't afford night you, vision. No, you that's actually know. not true. You know it's not true. I, it could be true. People at home don't know it's not true. I'm going to tell everybody right now it's not true. Did you, <clears> you want good money you know, before that night, though? I feel like we exposed them to you, you to it, and then... You literally ended the night by going, fuck you guys, now I want to spend money on night vision. <laughs> we I don't know if that was exactly what the verbiage was. It is exactly the verbiage. <laughs> fuck you guys, now I want night vision and a laser. 
Okay, and, yeah, still, fuck you guys. Yes, I want night vision and a laser, yeah. but fuck See, you guys. See, I would even expensive. argue that I would, I think Josh and I would argue that that was actually a, a perfect example of a good introduction to some of those things because you left wanting to do it even more. Yeah, I was worried. You know, I think we talked about it on the, on the pod in an earlier episode about what my first interaction with this group of yeah, individuals gentlemen yeah. Would, would, was like, you know, and I, I thought like I was going to go out there and there's going to be a lot of guys like, um, I, I just, you know, oh, hey, oh, oh, look, is that your Glock? Where's your, where's your optic? Oh, you yeah. got a, you got a TLR? Oh, that's cute, little boy. Look at my Surefire X300. <laughs> no, yeah, why I mean, don't you come back when you've got some cool stuff to play with? But what actually happened? Almost exactly that. It what? was not. No, no everybody was super like cool. That. Everybody was uh, very accommodating. Everybody was super nice. You know, Josh, you were really cool about helping me. You know, uh, my optic had never been zeroed, and that was the first thing we did. And some people, yeah, not pointing any fingers, Austin, <clears throat> were upset that the first hour of our range time was basically spent putting a 50-yard zero on my, my primary arms optic, um, which I later used to whoop your ass up and down the range. Um, I don't think that was how that happened, but... All right, I guess we'll choose to remember it differently. That's fine. Uh, but then, you know, it was explaining drills and working on mechanics and fundamentals, not just with me. You know, I didn't realize that there were other guys there that were at not the same level, but maybe a also comparable, a similar levels level. Of you know, and everybody had things they wanted to work on. Nobody was going to be like, you know, was going to shit on you and be like, oh, get good, scrub, go chase brass, even though I'm sure that was thrown out. That was thrown out. Not, not the get good part, but the chase brass thing. Maybe excessively so, but I mean, yeah. I left there and I was like, man, I want to do this again. This is, this is cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, do I have all the fancy bougie, you know, Gucci kit that you guys have? Not yet, but I'm slowly working up to it. Well, and that's part of the process too, is just like not only exposing people to that, but like understanding that, yeah, I mean like Josh and I both, we both have PBS 14s. we got lasers, we have, you know, whatever. We have all the, the gear, right? Yes. I I didn't get that overnight. It took me years to get all that shit together. Same and with you. buying all the dumb shit that we sold to get this stuff we have now. Or I made if so you're many me, mistakes. you just kept buying and were too stupid to sell anything. So you just got a pile of shit sitting in your basement <laughs> collecting dust. You can mall ninja the fuck out of your neighborhood whenever it pops off. You know, here, you take this and you take this. Yes, oh, here, 100%. You take this Austin could outfit his own fire team if shit ever actually hit the fan. Oh, yeah, there's... All right, I like you two the least, so you get the steel plates. <laughs> I would advise not getting shot, but if you do, 50-50 shot, you survive. Yeah, if it's if it's less than... If it's, uh, just don't stand next to him. Yeah, if it's less than 30 yeah, out 6 and not green tip, you'll be all right. It'll just hurt like a motherfucker. Yes. And you should be okay. You can walk it off. No, but I mean, like, that's that's part of it. You know, that's, that's a big part of it. Because people that want to get... It's intimidating when you step into the tactical side of things. You know, like, hey, I want to... I mean, hell, even just sticker shock. You know, like, what does this gear cost to get involved? Yeah. And you, I, I think... What to prioritize. Well, I mean, it's, it's it raises a lot of questions, but if people are going to commit, right? If you're going to commit to spending that kind of money, that kind of time practicing and, you know, and everything, like, you, it needs to be for a damn good reason. Like, you, people have to have a good positive experience to pull them further in, to, to hook their curiosity enough to get them to that point. You can't force people into it. You know, you really can't. There's a lot of things in this world you can try and force people into in terms of hobbies. I mean, golfing, sports, whatever. Firearms ownership and personal accountability that is inherently attached to that, that's not something you can force on someone. That has, it has to be a choice. Right. You know? So there it is. You know, you have to 
give them the choice and you have to do your best to encourage them to make i'll say what's i'll say the right choice right like for instance i know your brother is halfway into this is that yeah he's a broke college student but he he intends to get more into it once he's home and well the american collegiate institution is uh it's a fairly pro they're liberal they're liberal as pro anti 2a yeah yeah it's yeah they're pro pro wokeism yeah they're anti 2a yeah. I took him to buy his first AR a couple months after he turned 18. What did he get? Uh, Diamondback DB15. Ugh. So we'll we'll shoot the barrel out and then keep the lower eventually. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. put a BCM up around it or something once he gets more income. How close are we to shooting out the barrel? No. It's going to be a while. Yeah, it'll be oh. a while. We'll run the piss out of it. I mean, it's it's a fine it'll starter hold a AR. Light. I wouldn't. It's it's one of the top rails that. Is M lock on the top of the yeah, rail? Yeah, there's no pickets. Yeah, you can on the put top a front rail. sight on it. That's it. So it'll yeah. hold a weapon light. You can put an optic on it. He's got irons on it right now. That that'll be but, enough. Yeah, it'll be enough. And you know, and I think that's the carbine length. I know. System. I just, I just, you know, ew. But like, it was in twenty twenty. Also, so oh, you got so that for like six hundred bucks. Pretty so slim pickings. Yeah, it's very slim pickings. It was that or a nine hundred dollar M and P fifteen. Nine hundred dollars. I bought mine for four. I was gonna say we, we, we got MP15 for four fifty yeah. or something. No, was COVID was crazy. Yeah, to say the least. Which yeah, we all it drove because that Diamondback pre-COVID was probably a four hundred dollar yeah. AR, and it comes with different. I mean, arguably better features than M and P. At least it's got a free float rail. It's not the nicest rail, but true. You know, true. It has. You know, and that's and it's fine. Like that's the thing. I wish more people would have preached to me earlier on was functionality over form. Yeah. Um, and because I think where you end up being on your own, like. Hey, I want to have the cool guy stuff. Like yeah. you, you're already gonna have it hard up on yourself enough that like, I want a pistol optic. I want a tack light. I want a safari lane. Actually, holster. okay without the yeah. pistol optic. Yeah, I mean it. It's not necessary. Yeah. You can. I mean, hell, you did. I would advocate for a dot on your rifle or a you know magnified optic. But if all you can afford is irons, Rock as long as they're on, brother. Yeah, as long as they're decent yeah. irons. Yeah, you, and know, you know how to use them. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Even if they're just the Magpul flip-ups, as long as you know how to use them, Dude, you're actually hundred all day. Like honestly, there's not. I feel like there's probably not too many people out there that actually know how to use irons yeah. the right way. And people, are like, I don't want that. The future's now. I'm just well, we saw get it. We saw it Saturday. What was the um, the verbiage, Josh, that you used about the the lollipop? Yeah. What about it? Just like how to how to use your irons, like not just necessarily on their own, but I mean, so like. My dad was under the impression that it was an absolute co-witness all the way through. It had to be, it had to be lined through. up perfectly. Yeah. And not really. I mean, so we zeroed the optic and didn't have time to zero the irons. It would have taken a lot of the range day away. Yeah. Um, so I lollipopped his zero dot to the front sight, which isn't perfect, but it'll get you close. Um, that's usually what you would do in the Army before you go to the qual or the, the zero range to get it close. And then you're just a couple clicks and you're good. So Yeah. Um, it's good enough for for a backup sighting system yeah. which is what most people use for irons right. and if not then you know you take it the, the rest of the way and yeah i didn't explain it either lollipopping it just means you're you're floating the the red dot on the top of the front sight post to make it look like a lollipop so, yeah while getting a p- correct cheek weld and sight through the, the but, rear sight you're lining that's like up a, the rear sight an easily relatable like thought concept idea like hey make it look like a lollipop a bright red top yeah the military you know, tries to make it dummy proof so yeah well <laughs> i mean yeah you guys are not smart i mean yeah. 
you're not eating crayons or anything like the Marines, but <laughs> no, I didn't only say that because we have a very good friend who's a former Marine. I have several very good friends that are former Marines, but yeah. you know, the jokes are great, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think that in kind of in summary, right. The importance behind bringing new people into the community can't be understated. Yeah. Uh, we're at a point, I think politically in the country and culturally where firearm ownership is more under attack than it's ever been. Yeah. And one of the the worst things that's already been done for the past 40, 50 years by our parents' generation was the was just taking up that, and it's not that big of a deal, attitude towards gun control. So we have all these eroding measures. That are, they're taking away gun rights state to state, county to county. Oh, well, that's not big of a deal because I don't have an AR, so I don't care. Or I don't have an AK, so I don't care. And then it goes into magazine capacity limits. Then it goes into caliber restrictions. Then it goes into ammo, right? I can't have uh, hollow points because that's illegal. You know, like Illinois, you yeah. can't carry. I'm pretty sure it's Illinois. You can't carry hollow point ammunition. That's crazy. Because they, they deem that illegal. And then it's, oh, well, now you can't get concealed carry insurance, like you were saying, yep. you know, because they want to make it more difficult for people to have firearms in general under the guise of this will reduce crime. It's like, well, fucking criminals aren't, they don't have the concealed carry insurance. They're not the ones that need it. It's the reasonably, you know, concerned citizen that needs it. And we need more people to step into the community to, again, through the power of voting and how our, you know, democratic Republic is set up needs to strengthen that community and fight back. That's, I mean, and, and that can be, that's a much bigger picture, I think, than what a lot of what we're talking about is, but it all, it's all relative. Absolutely. I agree. How many, how many million, what was the number in 2020 of new gun owners? It was like six to 9 million or something like that. It, I, I don't remember what the number was, it but was I know some it was crazy yeah. increase. Yeah. Majority of them, I, they said in, this, I took the CPL course again with my wife because I was able to sit in um, recent statistic. Mm-hmm. M- more than half of those numbers in 2020 were all women. Well, and it was also um, the largest number of uh, new gun purchases. Yeah, in you know year over year, it was 2021. The largest. There was another couple million more. Yeah, like people. It's up to us, the guys that were into this before all those new shooters, to nurture and to bring build those people up and mm-hmm. set them up for success and learn almost learn again through teaching them because i feel like i learned again the basics shooting yeah. with your dad over the weekend rather than making fun of them and shitting them on the internet yeah and, it's and reddit and instagram it's and just it's like trash talking the, like the red pill blue pill thing yeah. like well, okay you can either maintain the status quo and keep somebody out of the community they could eventually end up being an ass i mean you don't know that could be the next lucas botkin Mm -hmm. i mean lucas wasn't lucas until he was you know what i mean or you know uh you could be a supportive member of our society our community the 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 two-way uh industry whatever right and offer up advice that's why like the internet's great for so many things but in the two A community, if you're not, if you're not looking in the right places, it's awful. Like there, are unfortunately, a lot of people, and I think it turns off a lot of new gun owners too. Absolutely, when they go looking for information and people just like roast instead of telling, "Hey, man, it's really cool that you built an AR nine, and it's really cool that you're happy with it." But just so you know, all those red anodized parts probably not the best thing 
also probably not the most reliable and that dot is terrible how much did you spend on it $35 okay add a zero to that and that's your new minimum you know like and this is why instead of just saying buy more expensive stuff tell them why yeah don't just say (laughs) lucas said that you need to do this or grantham or the guys at orion training group or i mean insert whoever said you need to buy eotech or name point or whatever like hey you should really look at a better you know opt i know it costs a lot i know it sounds like a lot of money and it is a lot of money but here's why the justification like the the why behind that goes so fucking far especially with new people it's a lot of money and when i heard that when i first found out that aimpoint t2 was eight hundred dollars i don't shit my pants i'm like dude Mm -hmm. i spent half of that on the rifle yeah you only spend that much on the optic and then you just over time you kind of start to make peace with it that like well you just accept that there's a pay-to-play mentality you know yeah there's a there's a there's a price barrier you know especially when you get into top grade optics and things and then shit you start getting into glass and it's even worse well then it's like for home defense purposes though like what is your protection what is your safety what is your family's safety worth to you yeah are you gonna buy a dollar value on that well, you're going to buy a $150 high point to protect your, your family and your children? Yeah. Or are you going to dig deep and find an extra couple hundred bucks and buy a $400 Glock 43 or even a Springfield XD or a Canic or something that's just a step up from pot metal high points? Yeah. You know, um, it, that three to $400 range opens things up significantly over the 150 to $200 range. You know, you're not going to go yeah. buy a, a Rough Rider or a, you know, 22 long rifle western revolver cowboy action yeah yeah um to protect your house like you're gonna want something semi-automatic preferably in a nine millimeter yeah and they're they're there people don't think you can find you can still find affordable handguns like the mp shield is still a 400 hundred dollar handgun police police trading clocks or oh my god they're all over the place in the like low 400s all day long yeah people get upset they get 19s yeah they get bent out of shape even like oh i don't want a glock what 20 oh it's just a 40 cal it's like well i mean if it's a three hundred dollar Glock and three hundred is all three hundred dollars all you have, forty is not awful. No, honestly, no. for a while there it was it was more uh, easily I, easy to source than nine millimeter was. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the shelves when there was no nine millimeter to be had. Yeah, thinking, man, maybe I should have bought a forty. Still glad I didn't. But you I mean, know. a lot of people were saying that. I mean, um, not to keep going back to it, but you know, Lucas was talking about, hey, we stored up on forty cal. Yeah, you know, because he wanted to shoot it for different reasons. But hey, we have it. So rather than burn through I this nine millimeter, yeah, they were training with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can shoot forty, then you can shoot forty well. Then you can sh- you should be able to shoot nine really well. Oh, yeah, um, less recoil, more rounds, you know, capacity wise and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all it all plays into the bigger picture. And I think those are those are all questions people have that you know, if, I mean, if you just ask, right? Like, I'm sure a lot of people would buy different firearms. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have bought that forty or that forty five. I would have just gone for a nine millimeter. Yeah. Oh, you know, I wouldn't have gotten that 380 um, because I didn't realize how unreliable 380 can be. Mm-hmm. I would have just gotten the, with the nine millimeter, or you know, but that, that's the thing. Without somebody there to guide you correctly, um, how are you supposed to know? Yeah, that should be up to us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to navigate, but I mean, put yourself in that role. A lot of guys refuse to do it. They don't want to be bothered with questions. They don't want to be, you know, bothered to take people to a gun store and. Uh, and have to give the 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 what and the why behind it, and it's like, well, dude, sorry. I mean, like, just donate a little bit of time. Yeah. Explain to them, hey, this is why you should get this. 
a little bit and of time, a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. It does. It, it it carries a long way, honestly. And you know what? If you're one of those guys, and people let people buy what they want to buy. Like yeah. I, I will always say that. Spend their money. Let them spend their money however they want. But you should at least give them the information to make an informed decision. You know, if you really want to buy a Springfield, go for it. Am I going to cringe the whole way through? Yeah, I, 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 I fucking, I can't. <laughs> unless stand it's a 1911. Yes. Yes, unless it's a Springfield operator like that, you can definitely buy yeah. that. Th- then you won't be cringing. You'll be trying to conceal the raging mega huge erection. erection. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, Jinx. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, I, I would buy one of those definitely. Hundred percent would. Yeah. Uh, ten no, out of ten would bone. That's nope. that's the only gun from Springfield that I would have any interest at all in owning. Not the Hellcat, not the XD series. Nope, nothing else. Don't care. But the Hellion. The hell yeah, Remember how everybody not. forgot about that gun after yeah. all the sponsored mm. people stopped using them? Or the Prodigy, their their 2011. I mean, there's a lot of companies that come out with that stuff, and it's like the other one that, that I would, I, I when people tell me they buy like a Ruger handgun, I crit, like their hunting rifles, Great. totally fine. Yeah. The Ruger American line, for your money, you, oh, yeah. you'd be hard to beat that gun, and it comes in every caliber every imaginable. Caliber. <laughs> every caliber. Every caliber. 450 Bushmaster, 308. Uh, six five Creedmoor, you know, three fifty like, legend, all the straight walls, yeah. cartridges legal in the Midwest. Yeah, all that stuff is great. But if someone's gonna, oh, I'm gonna buy an LC nine for concealed carry, or I'm gonna buy a Ruger American pistol, <sighs> I'm like, you know, <sighs> for the money, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and just take the extra ten minutes at the gun shop and look into an M and P, yeah, or a Glock, or a Sig. You know, Sig's gonna cost you more money. But if you're talking about comparable HK? price ranges, you know, M and P's right there. Can you even get into an HK for less than eight hundred bucks? Oh, I never recommend an HK to anybody. Oh, um, Walther. Walthers are sexy. The, the PDP's not bad. Are, no, no, I've no. never shot I one. Want, I kind of want to, but I want a, a PPK. The, there's a couple um, M, M class shooters that run PDPs. Yeah, PDPs doing pretty you know, well. Just, just a little side side jaunt here, um, because now knowing what I know, 007 always had a PPK, but he never had a threaded barrel protruding. Well, that's just why everything you learn in movies is bullshit. That's a perfect example, honestly. That sucks. If people don't realize that you need to thread it. It doesn't thread into the barrel. It threads around the barrel. So, yeah. Ruined part of my childhood. It's not one of those things that, like, once... And that's the thing, too, is once you start, like, learning more of this stuff, it's funny with people are like, wait a minute. I thought, why doesn't that barrel have threads? How does it have a suppressor? And you go, there you go. Mm -hmm. Now you understand why I hate basic cable TV that don't have firearms consultants on set yeah. because it's stupid. So a good way to introduce new people and get their, get the, them thinking about what they might want to get for themselves is to let them use your stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was into to music a lot, I always would cringe whenever I'd see people with their $2,000 guitars and then hog them and not let anybody touch them. Cause that's their baby. <laughs> I would always let like my Martin guitar was my, uh, I saved, I cleaned so many toilets for that goddamn acoustic guitar. As I mean, a t- as a teenager, and every single time somebody would want to play it, I'm like, absolutely, because the the reason I got into music was because somebody that was a very talented musician let me play their guitar, and it. Do you know how to play Wonderwall? No, no, I refused. Because that was you. the you know. Anyways, but <laughs> translating that to this, um, yeah. taking my brother to the range when he was here on break for college, like I just threw an AC1 at him that I already had loaded out, decked out. He wore my Orion belt. Gave him my AR with a T-Rex sling. He looked like he was sponsored by T-Rex arms. But and then we ran the X-Ray Alpha CQB assessment drill, mm-hmm. like running up and down in kit. And I wore my 
more military stuff that I have for work. And then he got to feel all of that and understand, like, I don't know. I feel like it just gets the ball rolling. Yeah, it gets the ball rolling, the juice is flowing, whatever. You know, like, hey, I want a carrier. What is this? This was, I had a good experience. And honestly, like, the AC1's a good carrier. That's a good jumping off point for anybody. And it's in the price range of most beginner uh, or slit carriers, I should say. You know, that $150, $160 range. You know, uh, the Orion Belt, same thing. You know, I I still run one. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. But you give people that opportunity, right? And that's why, you know, you know, I, and I let people use my night vision. I yeah. mean, I'm like, oh, 100. I'm like, I love, right there, I love like, showing people, yeah, because we've waited so long and spent all this money to finally go. Oh my God, look at the stars! You want to hand it to somebody so they can look at it and go, Oh my God, look at the stars! And it further validates that you didn't waste all that money. Yeah, and that's always a big cool one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, that's half the fun of getting night vision is sharing it with friends and family. Yep. Like, hey, look at this. How angry are you going to be when Randy finally gets his binox and then it's like, no, Damn, dude, now you know what? I more. So here's play with him. Here's the other thing, too. If somebody that steps into this, right, and yeah. they make more money than you, they just have a different lifestyle. They're just, they, they bring in, you know, better than low six figures, and they're able to just step in in one weekend and just pop out that black card, right, in the un- unlikely event that they can, right, and just drop 10 grand in a weekend to get up to speed on all the gear. I would be elated. I would not be jealous. Elated. I wouldn't. Good because here's, here's the thing without the software that comes with it, None of the gear means a damn thing, but having gear can only help you get there faster, especially if they're buying the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, man. You know what? You just made an investment in yourself and the group and your group, and that's only going to make everything better for the future. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I mean, yes. What? Well, okay. Might, might I be jealous if you go out and drop like seven grand on a 2011? Like, yes, I'm jealous of that gun and I, I desperately want it. But I'm not going to be, like, resentful of it. Like, you went out and bought, you know, what, 31s or a 2011 or, I don't know, a select fire, whatever. I I don't care. Like, do what you want. Spend your money how you want to. I have other an priorities AR-15 in life. with an underslung It's when shotgun. they buy a 2011 before they get night vision that I might question their, how much they yeah, actually care about. It depends what they want to do, though, too. If they have no vision, if they have no interest in night vision and they really want to run competitions. Yeah. Cool. Live and let live. But understand that you're... Group making some poor decisions oh yeah i'm talking preparedness more oh yeah no like, definitely i mean especially when you're looking to train yeah and we've had those discussions with friends like hey man your new backpack and camping loadout is awesome and your 13th rifle is admittedly very sick but that's right there that was just your pvs 14 twice over that you say you can't you you keep finding excuses not to get it mm-hmm. you know or hey all of your rifles your rifles i'm sorry are are completely stacked they're completely built they all got glass and everything and like decent class primary arms vortex whatever and you insist you have to go replace it with <clears throat> i mean i don't know um leopold or zeiss or whatever you know uh schmidt and bender you just have to it's like do you really do you have time to shoot all of those guns that and are you a good enough shooter that you really have to step that up to whatever, like the latest, the Leopold, the Zeiss, the whatever? Or would you actually just be better served by training, buying more ammo, buying night vision, buying an aiming laser, a better aiming laser, you know, or whatever? You know, those are the things that, I mean, I think that, again, you let people spend their money however they want to, but it's, I think, where we fit into that discussion or into that that idea is that you have to question it with them go hey man walk walk through it with me this is what the group's doing you did this 
Now, no judgment, but why? what are you doing? Yeah, why? Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I think that a lot of enough of us, right, are having this discussion about building a preparedness group. I mean, shit, it took me two years to like to get together with the group that we have today, which is small. There's like five of us. Really, I mean, not that many people. Five dudes is a fire team. Four dudes is a fire team, bro. Hashtag blessed. Most yeah. people don't have another dude. Yeah, to train it's, with. let yeah. alone four. Yeah. And that's the thing. If it, and if you're really that's your goal is to have a well-rounded and well-prepared ensemble, <clears throat> you know, then everybody to some extent at least should be, you know, making those those decisions with that in mind. Now, I mean if if your goal is still to get whatever gun and you're just hell-bent on getting it, like cool. You do you whatever but just understand like that impacts the group and that just means that's like longer that the group has to wait before you're gonna be able to catch up to them so if you're one of the only people in your group that doesn't have night vision you why just are under- you looking at me because you don't have night vision <laughs> but just understand but i mean you haven't made a large purchase instead of that either so that's not you yeah. know what i mean like yeah, i'm doing things i'm saving yeah i buy important stuff but i mean if you were to go drop three grand tomorrow on I, like a, a whole new rifle setup, right? When the one that you have is perfectly fine. It's not perfectly fine. I need an AR-10. No. No. You're wrong. You're both wrong. <laughs> I need an AR-10. Because you explained to us while you're right. See? Have, and you ever, have you ever shot an AR-10? Yeah. No, I haven't. Josh has. I, not, Damn it. Not that see? one. But see, see I'm investing in experiences for the group. See, you don't. But that's, that's the thing. Those are the questions you need to have with you. Like, why are you going to go buy that? Because I really want one. We'll get your AR-10 and then we'll do build drills with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, watch that thing walk all over the place. Now, obviously, they have their place. They do. I would like to train everybody in our group to be able to shoot, move, and communicate all with 5.56 before we start thinking about adding different weapon systems. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. No, and those that kind of questioning, that kind of, like, uh, jarring thought is, like, what you should be doing as another member of your group or as somebody who's trying to mentor that that new shooter like hey why are you going to do this or hopefully it's not after the fact and you go hey why did you do this because the return policy on firearms is not usually very good it's usually like uh you bought it you bought it and if you're going to sell it back to us it's at a big markdown so all stuff that we need to think about so you know guys hopefully this this is this is a helpful discussion to you. One of the hottest topics that's being discussed and continues to be discussed is how to grow your group. Well, the best way to grow your group is literally look at that word, grow, grow it, plant the seeds, right? And water them and then watch them grow into a group around you. It doesn't have to be going out and finding dudes that are already at your level and pulling them together. In a lot of cases, I mean, you could do that, but that's going to be way fucking harder because those dudes probably already are doing the same thing that we just talked about. They're worried about growing their own group, building up the people around them, and they don't want to abandon all of that work, effort, and trust to then come back and, hey, maybe I'm just going to hang out with this guy that I just met over the internet. Like, doesn't doesn't really work that way. So it's probably going to continue to be a huge point of discussion in the community. So hopefully this this helps this helps explain a little bit or at least put it in perspective right the the tribulations and the trials that that come with bringing new shooters into this community and the steps that have to be taken. Safety is a huge concern. We got into that, you know, and then there's a whole lot of time and effort, energy, money that needs to go into it as well. 
just all stuff to keep in mind when you're having these discussions. Sincerely do, you know, you guys hope help hope that this helps you and you know thanks for hanging out checking out what we're doing here this week we'll have another great episode coming uh next week and have a lot of good stuff going on for the next several weeks as we continue through the summer here but that's all we're done for this week until next time everyone get out there hit the range and like we always say here work hard (laughs) work hard you guys you're you're, (laughs) you're a shithead (laughs) work hard and train smarter and be prepared.